0: Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 398 of the podcast with my guest uh, and chum, Melinda Hill. We have known each other for many years, and it was great to uh, catch up with her. She is a stand up comedian, and actress, and writer. Um, Hopefully you'll enjoy this episode. I believe you will. I want to give a couple of quick shout outs to Cindy and Savannah for your marvelous heartfelt emails. Uh, What a joy to read. Thank you so much. And also to say I have started doing my MASH games and so far so fabulous. Uh, What a fun uplifting experience they are to do with you guys. So things are going well, other than all the things we all know aren't going well. But I am sending my very best to each and every one of you, and I will talk to you soon. Gosh, I have not seen you in so long. I know. I'm so, so happy
1: so to talk weird. to you. I know. I know it's I so was, weird. Because I, I feel like I used to see you all the time. Yeah, you totally did. I mean,
0: it, it's, it's like, I don't feel like either of our lives have changed so drastically, but it just is one of those weird things where like, depending on what orbit, you, like your orbit can slightly shift, um... And then you just don't see the same people anymore um but yeah. yeah i mean i think a lot i guess i was i guess i was going to more you know i since i don't do stand up i guess i was just going to more shows or performing like when i was back when i was doing music and stuff um i think because that was you know and then auditioning i don't feel like i like i feel like so many auditions have had even before COVID. At like had to self-tape or you know and those were kind of our two prime prime come across each other's
1: yeah because i used to see you at shows Yep, you were doing the music act and we would be in several shows together i feel like or you were always or you were dating chris and chris was always at shows right and yeah it was some
0: combination thereof
1: and then i always saw and then i saw you at several i feel like we were always in the running for several of the same parts we were like at the callback for that oh yeah Totally. Sketch show thing. And I I just feel like I just always saw you. And then I I I haven't seen you for years. But I feel like you're just one of those people that I'm always like, Janet. I know. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Same, same. Um, How's your COVID? You know, um, strange times. No denying that. And yet... I do feel a gratitude for having some time to complete some things that probably just wouldn't have gotten done, you know, mm-hmm. in, with yeah. reg- with the hustle bustle and the demands of regular life. So I am yeah. grateful to have had this time to to do some things, cross some things off the list, yeah, and um, and start some new things, and. Um, it's strange though, right? I mean, it, it seems like it gets worse every day. Like today they say, oh, it's a million cases. And then I go on these morning walks and I see like half the people completely unmasked. And I go, it's so strange to me. Uh, how has your COVID been? <laughs> it's, it's, it's been, I
0: mean, it's definitely been long. I, I go through waves of being like, I'm okay. You know, I'm good. I'm comfortable. Um, and then, and then because the news started saying like, you know, it's getting worse, it's getting worse, it's getting worse everywhere. I definitely go back. I I found myself this morning being like, I do feel kind of run down and like, then forget it. Cause then I'm like, it's just a moment. It's just a matter of time before I get diagnosed. (laughs) But I've also like been through this feeling many times over the course of COVID. Cause I, I do, I am slightly, you know, germaphobic slash like, hypochondriac like slightly like to where I can sort of put it out of my mind quickly but the thoughts come in are you like that at all or are you pretty chill about that stuff?
1: Um, I've always been a germaphobe so fortunately for me I've always been like carrying hand sanitizer so when this all hit and people and they were sold out of hand sanitizer or whatever I was like I've got my supply yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh Well played. I'm not really hypochondriac. Uh I I don't have that. So um I you know, when I go out I wear gloves and the mask and the thing and I bring the hand sanitizer. But I also, you know, have been to the beach a few times and I bring all that stuff and I don't know. It, again, it's been really nice to not have feel like I feel like in life I felt like I need to always be doing more. I need to be doing five shows a night and I need to be sure. crushing it and sure. and so it has been so nice to to be like, "Hey, no one's doing shows. Calm down." Yeah. yeah. You know, like yeah. just take it down a notch and to remember <laughs> to remember what is important and you know to it's been really cool to finish you know this comedy special it was kind of like an endless list of deliverables and it's been nice to have time to get that stuff done finally and turn it in and put it out in the world and also I started a podcast that I've been meaning to do for a few years so I like taught myself how to do that and you know I have like this movie coming out and I had to do stuff for that so it was like a real it was a time a little bit a little bit time to complete things, a mm-hmm. little bit time to go to school, not official school, just teaching myself new skills, and time to take it easy time, and also time to connect uh, with people in new ways, since I couldn't yeah. be with them in person. Like, you know, so for all of that, I am grateful.
0: And so, well, for sure. And I think that's that's exactly the attitude, you know, um, ideally we have about about stuff like this, because I definitely feel like, you know, optimism can be key um, or gratitude can be key. Um, do you. And so what was the process of doing this special? Was it pre-existing footage and stuff? Or were are you one of the fearless and wonderful um, comedy warriors who has put together a special like without doing a you know a couple of live shows with the with the chattering crowd.
1: oh my gosh no i'm not one of those brave souls but i i <laughs> i do admire those brave souls though um i taped this let's see we filmed this a year ago may so oh my gosh a year and a half ago so we filmed this in 2019 gotcha. and then it took a while to edit it because i was out of town doing a movie for much of for for 2019 and then finished it December 2019 January uh decided started working with the distributor to distribute it and they just needed a lot of things to happen with it that hadn't been done mm-hmm. yet and so that's what took uh, another while it t- that took a while to get yeah. that I feel like kind of I feel like uh it's the first one I've done so it was kind of film school in terms of how to make one and I feel like the next one I could just like would be much easier it's kind of like your first film like just learning how to do all those things yourself so
0: yeah that's huge yeah that's huge yeah um and the movie's coming out as well so it's like that, that that everything you're describing does sound like there's a sense of sort of like the cycle of a, a few different things kind of becoming real in a in a new way, you know, being in the process of like going out into the world, um, which is really it's so exciting. exciting.
1: When anything actually goes goes out into the world, because as you know, like you, you work so hard on these creative things, and and some of them never see the light of day for various circumstances, yeah. maybe sell a pilot and then the company folds or whatever they change their mind or whatever so it's so cool when something actually gets made and put into the world but it's such yeah. a such a longer yeah. process than you ever think it will be you know
0: yeah well and also like if you or anything like me having family this is like such a cliche but the having family go so what's going on like what have you been working on and in those pockets of time where you have so much stuff that will mean nothing to them because that's not Trent, like they can't yeah. see it it's so you're so it's so exhausting to be like well uh i don't know i got some irons in the fire let's move exactly.
1: on exactly my, my friend said she just goes i uh, just doing my thing that's her stock answer. I'm just, I'm just doing <laughs> <Yeah>. my thing <laughs> because, yeah, they're perfect. not going to understand. And yeah, unless it's a tangible, I feel like the life of an artist. So much of our life is something that other people cannot see. You know, we're 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 yeah. visualizing things. We're, you know, uh, seeing. We're writing things. We're making things. And there's such a long period. Where you can't even talk about anything, you know, until it. I, I actually don't even talk yep. about anything till it's out anymore. I don't know. What's your policy on that?
0: Ugh, good question. I would say, I would say it. There's, it's the wild west. There's no rhyme or reason to what I decide to talk about, whether it stands a chance of a prayer or it's already out. Like, there's. I, I, I think I don't have. I don't think I have a policy. I probably should have a policy because I'm just making it worse for myself. It's just.
1: It's. It's challenging because it's like when you get something exciting, you want to be able to talk about it. But I also know there's so many factors that yeah. people aren't going to understand, or yeah, that I just I, I just refrain from. But then that's lonely because you're like, I want to be talking about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and so when I asked for, you know, I I love to get a current pick and uh and a teen pick and I was sent two very gorgeous <laughs> teen headshots which immediately sort of tipped me over into like uh oh like these are profesh like any picture I would have sent from high school would have been so sad and just like poorly lit and like bags under my eyes yeah I mean I just wasn't do you know I just didn't have a professional sense of Um, working, doing this kind of stuff, uh, for, for such a long time. Um, so, so that was my first peek into like, oh, like this is, you know, I, like I, I realized that I wasn't sure if you, you know, if you grew up here, um, and, and so what the origin of the headshots were and, and all that kind of juicy stuff. So, so tell me a little bit about that, what, where they, I mean, and they, by the way, they like should be cheat like they I feel like they like the idea of like black and white headshots from you know a few years ago uh should be like kind of like oh boy like roll your eyes but they're both like really pretty (laughs) like they're really nice like there's they don't have that like you know some of some of the headshots from like even 10 years ago seems like maybe not 10 years ago but people were like you still would have you know the faces international book where like someone would have a headshot where they're like and this is my wacky headshot where i'm wearing a (laughs) wig and like carrying a bucket for some reason (laughs) yeah
1: i i mean believe me i have tons of those kinds i you know when um when i needed to find a teen i certainly have like a lot of awkward teen photos but i i'm glad that i'm doing this because your podcast because it, it forced me to go in the closet and look through these old Photos and, and when I saw that early black and white headshot that looks like it was for some sort of a modeling uh, situation, yeah. I was like, wow. I felt like when I saw that, I was like, I look like a 40-year-old real estate agent. <laughs> and I thought, that is really funny. Like... What a funny photo. I don't know. And, and so I just said that, and then I sent the other thing. But yes, that was from um, Colorado Springs. That's where I was living. And okay. um, I lived in, in, during those years, I lived in Colorado Springs, and then we moved to a little town in Kansas. Uh, we, we lived in Colorado Springs, Woodland Park, Colorado. And then a little town in Kansas called Halstead.
0: So that, that's, that's super impressive to me that you, that, that you would be in Colorado Springs and still like have the ambition to know, to, to do those pictures and to, to have those. So did, you must've known from a pretty early age that you wanted to perform. Yeah, Yeah, I
1: did. I, uh. I, I really loved performing from an early age. I, we moved a lot, so I was um, often the new girl, and I was very shy. And so it was like really, it was just challenge. I just couldn't really talk to people. But the school, whenever we moved into a new school, they would always have like some play auditioning. And I would, I would mm-hmm. prance right into the audition, <laughs> and I would always get like a lead role in the play because that was something that was really easy for me was like memory, memorizing lines and as something that I really enjoyed was just being someone else who had a, I, like I felt safe in being a, a, mm. a character because it was scripted yeah. and you could hide behind this character and, and it was really fun for me and it was like a, an easy way to make friends um, because there would be so many people involved in the play. And so that was kind of my yeah. jam. And I don't, I, the first time, I'm trying to remember the first play I did, but I was always testing, they, they, they used to test the kids for gifted and talented, it was called. Um, where, where if you had like, mm-hmm. I think it was like if you had some artistic proficiency or IQ, I don't even know how they judged it, but I was, got into a few of those situations where I would test out of the normal classes and I'd be with some creative bunch. And uh, Mm -hmm. I remember somehow getting into this play like in third grade. And I had a very small part. I was a dwarf in the seven dwarves. (laughs) (laughs) And... Wait, I love that you said that,
0: like, it was the the play was The Seven it was, Dwarves. It was like, we decided we didn't need stupid old Snow White. And our play was The Seven Dwarves.
1: And it got rid of that
0: pesky love story. And it was really about hard work and being small.
1: It was The Seven, the famous play, The Seven Dwarves. And I don't even remember what uh, dwarf I was. But um, I remember being bummed out. I didn't have more to do. And then... um There was another play, no, then there was a class I had to do, a class where you had to bring in an impression of someone, a celebrity. It was not even an acting class, it was just a rando class I took for fun. And so I was like, bring in a celebrity. And I thought, and I was super into like punk rock, new wave, all that stuff, and I was like, I'm going to do Susie Sue. This is like I'd never been an actor at all, never even thought about it. And I brought in Susie Sue. Like I wore a wig, I had her makeup, the the big makeup. How fun. Yeah, and I, like, you know, figured out how to do her voice and her mannerisms, and um, it was so fun for me to just be another person and the attention to detail and – and um, so after that, they suggested I do a play. There was like a the school play, and I it was some dumb play where I, I was some shopping addict named Melanie, and uh, <laughs> I just remember bringing all these shopping bags in and. And uh, wait, was it like
0: a cautionary tale? Like, guys, do not become shopping addicts, or is that just an a, like a like a coincidental sort of like side element of your
1: career? I, I don't even know, I don't remember. <laughs> and so, that's when I was like, oh my gosh, this is like something that's so easy for me and so fun. And then, when I got to college and I, I had a, an acting scholarship, so I was able to do a lot of plays in, in college. I remember this rando play that we did called The Diviners. And I was like a, there was a, the, the lead girl, it was like her sidekick. And I just remember everything she would say, like I would set her up with my lines and she would say the line and everyone would laugh. And I remember being so jealous. I was like, how is she, how is mm-hmm. she doing that? How do you make people laugh? Like, so and yeah. I really was drawn to Comedic, performing.
0: Anyway, is that is that really is that was that one of the big moments of kind of like having one of those those the mini epiphanies where you knew that there was one that, that you liked this direction, but that was kind of one of the first times that you did kind of go wait like oh it wait, was I want to say the funny word it was
1: it was an aha moment because it was it seemed um like she was making something happen there even though it was primarily Mm -hmm. also the writing that was the funny part
0: yeah i mean i was gonna say don't be don't be too hard on yourself it sounds like it was the script
1: (laughs) it was just but you know and i had done at that point i'd done um the oh my ear thing fell out oh hold on
0: Ugh, welcome to my world. That happens all the time.
1: My, I had done The Crucible. So I'd been Abigail and The Crucible and I'd done Damn Yankees, this musical where I was Lola, the the lead in that and singing. And so I'd done this like wide range of things. And then when I saw her make people laugh, I was like, what's that? And I'd Wow. It was I so cool. That. It was so impressive, and it made everything else seem boring, you know, next to what <laughs> she was doing. And I remember I auditioned for a Shana Madel um, after that, and it was the first play I didn't get the lead in. In fact, I didn't get any part in it. <laughs> and I was hmm. like. What was going on there? It was, you know, Jewish characters. And it makes sense that, that mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the best casting.
0: <laughs> you little blonde, blonde haired pixie. Yeah, that could be um, a challenge.
1: So, but, um, what's my point? I think I always made I, I always made people laugh with stories like I was that person in my group of friends who could talk about the roller coaster and make it funny and sum it up for everyone. I just didn't know that was a thing I didn't know com I didn't know anything about comedy so I thought everyone everyone just mm-hmm. made everyone laugh.
0: Okay, we're gonna take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at maximum Fun.
1: Congratulations, you've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers (laughs) Wow, well this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts, but really it's an ad for our podcast Wonderful It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Rachel McElroy, and you just heard Griffin McElroy, and we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books. Things like sneezing or the idea of rain. <laughs> <laughs> can you get news or
0: information you can use? Absolutely so.
1: you cannot, because we're here to talk to you about pumpernickel bread.
0: You can find new episodes on Wednesdays. So catch,
1: catch the wave.
0: So when you were moving around a lot, do you mind if I ask kind of what was the impetus for the moves? Was it like military, like family, job, moving around? Yeah, kind of um,
1: my, well, see, my dad was uh, unmedicated, bipolar. We didn't find out he was bipolar until much later, until I was out of the house. Mm. But he mm-hmm. really, I mean, I don't know how else to say, to say this. He loved to move on a manic high. He loved moving. Mm-hmm. It made him happy. Yeah. Um, he was really yeah. happy when we were moving. And, um, you know, there were frequently seemed to be reasons for the moves, you know, um, job stuff, job transfer. We need to be, you know, stuff, stuff like that. But that was, uh, that was it. He loved to move. Yeah.
0: Oh, how was, um, were you? What what was your family makeup uh, at that time? Besides, well, there's your dad? my
1: mom and dad were were still married, and I had two brothers. I'm the oldest, so my brothers um, were like a little younger than me, like a year and three years younger.
0: Gotcha. And were did you like were the were you as kids, sort of? taking care of yourselves because there was like some inconsistency with with your dad and your mom was having to cope with that too and um or was was it being kind of hidden from you somehow more more than that if that makes sense was
1: his bipolar hidden
0: yeah I mean I know he was unmedicated but like did you have a sense of his moods being like larger than life in, in some way for, for a young person or was it just kind of because you know our realities are what our realities are when we're little and I think we don't necessarily like there's some light comparison that goes on between friends and but you know also if you're moving around you may not get a chance to see the inside of someone else's family either enough like long enough and consistently enough to even go wait their dad doesn't you know he doesn't seem like he's has as many mood swings or and i don't mean to misrepresent um, being bipolar i have several friends who are and and, um yeah but but i just was curious Mm, oh yeah 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 for sure for sure they definitely have found the medication that works for them yeah because it's hobby because like we all love when our parents are in a good mood and so to have your dad be like d- w- did you enjoy when he was in a manic phase or was it too much was it like too manic
1: sometimes it was like super fun because he was so happy like bipolar people uh, some of my best friends are bipolar too and I don't know. It just he again. That's when he was really happy, and I remember him being very charismatic sure. and happy. I, I didn't know what was going on when he later got yeah. the diagnosis. I, it seemed like oh oh, what a relief, you know. That's what was going on. Yeah. He I didn't know as a kid. I I really didn't know what was happening. I I thought because. He was two different, he was three different people. He was like his normal, charming, wonderful, well-intentioned self and who, you know, who would be like, you know, and then, you know, happy, charismatic, fun, sweet. Um, And then he would be, you know, super depressed and not really talking to anyone, very despondent. And then he would be like, Uh, He was a rager, so he would be yelling and, and, Mm. you know, throwing things and mad for hours. And it was kind of like you just didn't know who you were going to get. And then after that, he would be the guy who was like, you woke up and he's making pancakes for everyone. And he's like apologizing. And he's like, that's never going to happen again. I'm so sorry. You guys like mean the world to me. You're so important. I love you so much. And so you kind of want to believe – you want to believe, like, that's – okay, that was just an isolated thing. And then it was just that – it was just all those things all the time. So for me, yeah, I definitely was scared to have people over to the house because I felt like Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know what was going to happen. So I just didn't really have friends over. And then I didn't know what mood he was going to be in. And then – I definitely, you know, love to go over to my friends' houses who had like cookies. And like I just remember always <laughs> wanting cookies and like, you know, people who seem to have like a peaceful, you know, family. I would kind of live at their house and um Sure. And then a lot of it I really don't remember. I think my primary thing I did was just check out. I just checked out into fantasy. I was yep. a voracious reader. I was like always writing things and, you know, doing these plays where I had to memorize a lot of things. I always had like a lot of after school jobs. So I was just, I just checked out. I was hardly there yeah. and I wasn't really there mentally either.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I have to say I love I, I, I am I do really love the, the the fact that you found theater as this kind of like it's just great. It's just great. I mean, it's 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 very um, it's very cinematic in a way, like it's very sort of novelesque in a way, the idea of of um, of a young person you know, being in these, there was so much that was out of your control and there was so much, you know, especially with moving as a kid, um, just being dropped into this new environment. And I think it's so cool that you found this kind of recipe that, that that became proven to you so that here's this one thing that you sort of, you know, you don't have to, like you were saying, you don't have to go at lunch and like awkwardly like go up to a group of, people and go hi <laughs> hey I don't have any like you got great at something and you had that was your recipe for and it was something you could control and and it was like okay I know if I go to this place if I go to this one location and I and I can do this one thing that I know I do well then my com- then I will join a community that is sort of pre-existing or that forms around this this play and I think that's really great. Like, I think that shows what a smart kid and what is, I, I hesitate to use the word survivor, but I kind of do feel like that's a survivor move, you know, to sort of go, this is, this is how I can build a life, even with all the chaos that I just don't have any control over. This is a way for me to be sure of something. And I think that's really special. Yeah.
1: Thank you for saying that. I completely agree. And I'm so grateful um, that I found, you know, those people, cause those people were at every school, you know, the creatives and the, yeah. and the drama people and, um, the weirdos. And I, and those people saved my life, like the creatives and, and, you know, getting to be someone else was such a relief for my own life. And what a gift that I was able, that I just had this love affair with words from like, age five on like as soon as I learned to read I just loved words and when I started doing plays and stuff I loved memorizing words and I loved writing and I loved creating characters and it was really really fun for me and there was always that community around it who like you don't even know each other I feel like stand-up is a lot the same way and, and comedy like you don't even know each other but once you see mm-hmm. that you all speak that language there is an instant camaraderie and respect and that 100% saved me. As a kid and also another thing that really helped me was um my mom made me join a sport. And I'm like thinking, I don't want to join a sport, you know, like I'm an artist. <laughs> sure. Uh but yeah. she's like you have to pick one, just pick one. And I didn't I didn't want to do a ball sport because I had played uh, basketball in, in sixth grade and that didn't go well in terms of,
0: uh-huh. didn't go
1: well. And I played soccer in fifth grade. I was on the tornadoes and I was the only girl with all the guys and I felt like whenever the ball oh, wow. went in the air it would hit my head and it was hum- humiliating. Wait,
0: that's, wait, so but the, did they make an exception? Like, that's a real specific thing to kind of be like a little bit milk toast about something already and then to also be the exception in a team full of guys like yeah
1: Yikes. what's up with that I've That's never really thought of that what's up with that <laughs> and I would my mom was working so I would have to go to one of the guys houses after school till my mom could come pick me up at five and so here's this guy who's like Well you gotta hang out with this girl and <laughs> you know I was just such a misfit yeah but I so I didn't I don't know, that was fifth grade, that was the tornadoes. But so in in high school, I had to do and we weren't in that town very long. I think we were like in, in that town for like two months that I had to play soccer, but it in high school or in junior high I did choose a sport. So I was like, okay, the ball sports are out. Although I will say when I did play girls basketball in sixth grade at my Catholic school I was at. Um, I made one basket the whole season, and it was very cinematic because it was a free throw that won the game. It won the game. So yeah. It won the game? That's amazing. It was... Oh, if
0: you can only have one basket in the entirety of that semester, that's the one you want. That's the one you
1: want. So in uh, junior high, when I had to choose a sport, I chose the one that I wouldn't have to talk to anyone in, which was running. So I chose... Track and cross country. (laughs) And I will say that saved my life too because I'm still an exerciser to this day. Like I go on my little daily walks and it really helps me with writing and serenity and everything. So between those two things, those really help save me.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to go back to your Suzy Su impression because it did remind me of the aforementioned sketch show that you and I both tested for. So okay. not to go down the road of like what testing means for everyone. But it suffice it to say there's a whole process by which they, you know, sort of just dis- they honed. They kind of hone in on who they're interested in. And they did hone in on three women uh That and you, me, and another lovely girl named Sarah, Um, which is a great honor. uh, It's a great
1: honor to test for something because it's it's a great honor. People have been weeded out. Yes,
0: for sure. And being a sketch show, you know. Memory serves like a lot of it was. What are we bringing yeah. to the table? <laughs> Less so about what they had to offer to us, um because it was not something. I mean, it was for you? Was that one of those? Because especially in that era, it felt like there still were a lot of sketch shows that were just like, let's cobble together a bunch of players who aren't necessarily sketch players, you know, with each other or whatever. Um, and And now it feels like you know people teams work together and they're and they're and they love sketch and they write sketch together, and then they get a deal or something. Yeah. Um, but that was one of those. there were so many jobs back then, which was quite a while ago, that it was very much one of those like, oh, what if I actually get this? Like, you want the job, but at the same time, you're like, it's really okay if this doesn't happen. Like, did you feel the same way about it? Because I kind of felt like you and I, like, were a little more sort of cynical about the whole thing. And you know what I mean? Like, tell me
1: what you okay, we were doing um, at the time. Okay, first of all, well, who got that job? Did you get it? Oh, Sarah. Sarah. Wait, who no, no, Sarah? Sarah, who? Yeah.
0: I can't remember okay. her last name. Sarah Erickson, maybe she was just like, she was just so positive and such a ray of sunshine. And she was such a joy. And like, it's always nice when you're testing with girls who, you know, everyone yeah. likes each other. And there's a, uh, you know, every, there's no like weird, like, that's you right. Know, you're my competition. It's, it's much more just like, I don't know, like this feels so at this point, you know, clearly they would take any of us and now they have to make their final decision. And like, this is not, a, it just feels like sort of a a, a, slightly stressful thing that you're glad to have other nice nice women to kind of commiserate with Um, and she did end up going uh, to do it um, but we had to do impressions, celebrity impressions yes. and stuff. <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. And I, I remember, yeah, you were both like so lovely and I feel like I've seen you on several situations like that where you were always just so lovely. So I want to say that because I've been in other test situations where it is that competitive vibe and it's like, oh gosh, I thought we were yeah. friends. Oh, I guess not. Yeah.
0: Ditto. Back at so, you.
1: So, um, yeah, I remember, I think about that one because I felt I, I feel like I, t- I tested for a number of sketch shows that year. And one was Mad TV. I didn't get any of them. And that was one of the yeah. several that I had tested for. And I, I didn't end up getting any of them. But that one, I think I felt like, oh, of course, it would be so wonderful to have a regular job on a TV show. I would be so grateful for that but I also felt like because it was kind of that it wasn't exactly my brand of humor (laughs) I'll say that (laughs) yeah we're both (laughs) dancing around it let's just say it It was Jeff Foxworthy's sketch show which is like
0: I know you're probably thinking to yourself Jeff Foxworthy a sketch artist and that is what we also were thinking (laughs) it was like possibly some of his other Friends that, yeah, we're just like, you and I are just like milling around in the alt comedy world that's like so <laughs> snarky and so meta. And then we, and then there we are at a test where it's like, oh, this is films in Atlanta. Now, that was a big deal back then. It was like that, you know, not as much filmed in Atlanta. And, um, and it, I, I do think that it was gonna be like him and, and I, and I, like Ron White, I, these are names I haven't uh-huh. thought about in a long time. Yeah. Um, whoever's like, you know, yeah, get her yeah, done, get her I, done. I, But like, it was, it was very, it was just very like country, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, and, and, and at my most comforted, I was like, it's like hee-haw it's like a cheesy, like silly good time, like who cares? It's let's just have a sense of humor about it. But I was like, oh no, what if? Oh yeah. no, 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 like
1: what if? Cause, it's- well, because that could really then become your brand. Like now you're the girl, oh, God, totally. And I don't know what happened totally. with that show. Did it go on to make many episodes? Because I don't. Um, no, I think it just
0: did. Uh, I think it had a little, like maybe it had. It was. It was on the Country Music Channel. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming back oh. to me. Uh, it was on the Country Music Channel. I think it did. You know, I think it did one season, maybe, and 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 that was that. Did but, they? Um, who
1: cast that? But, was yeah. that Julie Ashton? It was
0: probably yeah. Julie Ashton, right? Because she, she was the one who got all the, the, sketch. the many of the sketches. Yeah. I love I love her. Oh she my gosh! Do you remember what what uh, your celebrity auditions were? I love Julie too. She's so wonderful and like has such a sense of humor. Yeah,
1: she's just she made auditioning so fun. It would just be like seeing your old friends oh, yeah. and laughing.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Um, uh, what was your
0: question? I asked you if you remembered what celebrity oh. impressions you did. And that was why the Suzy Sue thing brought me back to remembering that audition because I don't do impressions. So for me, every time I would get an audition like that, I would it, it, like I would throw out whatever last thing I had done and like try something different. There was just no consist- I was not, you oh know, God. James Adomian, like I was not a person who who made it my business to be really great at impressions so every time I would be like oh I don't know who do I kind of look like like I would just never I never found anything that I really liked um
1: know? yeah you know I think what I did that's so yeah you're so astute to point out the the similarity between Susie Sue and like what great training for later doing sketch stuff impressions. I did um, I was did just I did some things I was doing in my stand-up at that time. So I did um, Kim Cattrall from Sex in the City. So like how she makes everything nice. a sex sexy innuendo, like yes. I like some hot dogs with some <laughs> mustard on <laughs> my meat. <laughs> You know, That's like a little self congratulatory smirk great. at the end. <laughs> and, yeah. And so and then I also did the girls next door because that was a show at the time about the Playboy buddy, uh the Playboy girlfriends. Oh, so sure. I did all three gotcha. of those girls. Oh, and nice. one of the girls would laugh at her own jokes, Kendra. And and she was uh-huh. a- <laughs> 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 And okay. uh I don't remember if there were wa- how many did we have to do
0: yeah I don't okay. know. I'm not sure. I'm not even sure. I think I did Heidi Klum. That's okay. about as much as I and possibly Reese Witherspoon because okay. people used to tell me when I was younger. That oh yeah, I can see so that. Was like, yeah. That was like I was like I gotta have something I can hold on to. Maybe we kind of look like each other, and I can parlay that into something that it doesn't suck. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so. Yeah. Funny. Did you
1: ever audition for SNL or Mad TV? I auditioned for
0: Mad TV. I never auditioned for SNL. I never really wanted to do sketch. Right. Um, uh, But that was how I got exactly what you were saying, like doing something gets you in the door, but then watch out because you might be that person that you might, you know, be something that is a passion of someone else's and isn't necessarily a passion for you. But whereas somebody else is doing something that, you know, you're like, but I'd like to be over there, please. Yeah. So I didn't, you know. I didn't ever like you know go go after it big time like going to going in for SNL I never wanted to I was such a I was such a lame I I mean I was I was such a like homebody even in my 20s I was like be up late at night I don't think so like I was just an old
1: bitty (laughs) (laughs) oh I remember the Kim the Kim Cattrall was like you're late and we almost missed the movie (laughs) Like everything was like sexy, everything sexy time, everything
0: um, sexy time. That's great.
1: I think I did. I don't. I did Mad TV. I think before that audition, I, I tested for Mad TV, and I didn't get that one. And I remember they had like thirty people in the you know in the test situation, right. and there was another thing that I had to do. Um that was also like 60 people or something like this network Oof, thing in yeah. the screening room. And it was in beginning days of stand up and it was down to me and Natasha Legero. and yeah. Natasha got it. And, um, and I think that was also a bunch of characters. So
0: <laughs> there you go. There you oh, yeah. go. Well, you and you and Natasha came up together and you, um, and you were like, like on un- it. I mean, this is sort of. I guess it's kind of boring to talk about. And I do want to get into this mash game that I play at the end of every episode. I hope oh, you're ready okay. for. it You don't have oh, to worry for anything. I'll, I'll I'll do all the the legwork. But um, <laughs> but not not to dwell on it because I feel like you probably get like stuck with this conversation the same way I get stuck with certain conversations about like where I was in my career in comedy at certain times but you know there just was like a little there you know there's just like a a time where there weren't a ton of women doing stand-up still and and you were both just lovely you know beautiful women who were feminine and weren't dressing down to the idea of being tomboyish because I think there was sort of a sense of you know like the the more the more asexual and like you know the, like the, the 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 more hopefully someone won't dislike you actively for being a good-looking girl like there was just a weird culture right and I, I don't know who started it and what that was about um but but do you do you agree that there was a sense of like like there was yeah. a sense of of hiding behind yeah uh, non-femininity and you and Natasha were just like fuck that like we are who we are and so I think that you know while you're very different um, I could see how you know there would be an association because you know there was this sense of it's like that thing where you know well god there doesn't need to only be one or only be two or only be three it just happens that there's like the the glass ceiling is so low that these are a couple of the people who are like breaking through it do you know
1: what I mean definitely definitely and I I feel like Mm-hmm. Now there are so many more, yeah. and which is great, and and um, you know it's it's a moment, um, a much needed moment where there are, there are so many female voices and female shows and in um, comedy and but I, I'm always surprised when people still are like, oh, there's uh, it's very you know very original to be a woman in comedy i'm like <laughs> have you hit google do you have google <laughs> yeah because um, yeah. there's just there's so many fantastic female comedians but yes at that time there were it was very common kids gather around the fire because at this time <laughs> at the time when i started coming yeah. there were it was very common to have you know to 10 guys on a show and one girl and yeah. you didn't you you didn't want to draw attention to it so right right a way well said. to kind of stay you know amongst your peers and make everyone comfortable is just wear your wear that hoodie wear that backpack you yeah. know with <laughs> <You totally laughs> that ponytail on make yeah. no yeah. makeup yep. you know yep. baseball yeah. cap yeah Um, which like if
0: that's authentically who you are and or what your act is like right on yes to feel to to feel pressured that somehow that's the quote-unquote safer or more acceptable thing to do even if it's not being true to yourself or your comedy like I'm so glad we're past that you know
1: me too and but I also think there is a safety in that look because when you bomb with that look eh, no big deal when you like put effort in and you're wearing a cute dress and <laughs> you have lipstick and then you bomb, it's like, oh, you know, I think it hurts people.
0: Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends of Maximum Fun.
1: I, I can remember as, as a child thinking it was odd that here was this can full of meat. I'm Jesse Thorne. This week on my show Bullseye, David Letterman on shame, regret, and canned hams. Is this the best delivery version of, of pork? That's this week on Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR.
0: I am going to get into this mash game with you. Okay. I do feel like I have some fun categories that we can put together that are sort of customized for you. Uh, I'm going to start with a category that reflects your love of reading and disappearing into books when you were younger. Um, let's do three books uh, that you would love to be able to jump into, and you can just like be in that world and interact with those characters whenever you want to. Oh, and you're i are safe. To- There's you know a safety bubble
1: okay I forgot to tell you i also disappeared into music
0: oh don't worry there's way more categories to go a
1: lot of music I had a neighbor he was like a music dealer he would hook me up with all the good music okay
0: I'm gonna there. take advantage of that in the next okay. in the next category that's okay. exciting
1: <clears throat> for books three books yeah three books three books that you could disappear into the world wow well that's a tr- that's a tough question janet because a lot of the really good books are very sad i don't know if i'd want to live in those worlds of like a confederacy of dunces memoir Mm -hmm, of a gay memoir of a geisha yeah um, i know that's
0: why i usually lean back on (laughs) kids
1: sedaris stuff is hilarious you know yeah how about here we go all right ready <laughs> I
0: thought I was picking something that maybe would be easier and I apologize.
1: Um no, no need no need to apologize. Just kids by Patty Smith. Great. Because that is a beautiful book. And by the way, I saw her live right when right before the pandemic, and she oh, was She's amazing. a force of nature.
0: Force of nature.
1: Absolutely amazing. And her book is beautiful about her relationship with with Robert Maplethorpe in New York City and living in the Chelsea Motel mm. hotel mm. and being Chelsea Motel that's down the street from the Different. Chelsea yeah. Hotel <laughs> and it was just a beautifully written poetic odyssey um, and and I re- I read it on the plane it was a perfect read on the plane from Paris back to LA it was like a 14 hour trip and I read the whole book Oh, that's great. Okay, so that book um, the, and the Andy Warhol diaries. Great. And I also loved Keith Richards' autobiography, which was I 600 I cannot pages. believe how
0: much music you just introduced into the book <laughs> section. That's very sneaky. I'm
1: impressed.
0: Hats off to you. Oh. <laughs> 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 Great. Yeah. Okay. I next category. Next category. Three musicians, so it could be singer-songwriter, can be band, full bands that um, they they actually write an album for you. That's kind of like you know they they know they know the kind of contents of your heart, and so they they actually write an original album. That's you know like Melinda, um, what three yeah three artists, bands, singer, singer whatever composers, whatever you want three that you would love to hear what that album would be.
1: O M G. Um. Okay. Well, I love um, Lucinda Williams. Nice. Um, Patty Smith, Nick Cave, and Radiohead. Okay, great.
0: And will I be able to read my own Chicken Scratch at this point? Probably not. I can okay.
1: never read mine. I mean, listen. I
0: once I. I really flew off the rails there okay uh next category three places in the world that you would love to have a vacation home whatever that means to you it can be in the middle of a city or on a beach whatever um three places you would love to have a vacation home if I could just teleport you there right now and COVID were not a thing
1: Mm, okay um Bali uh Bora Bora Bahamas
0: oh my god you really did three B's that makes me very big happy.
1: sir wait that's four Maui did that too many yeah you only get three Palm
0: Springs how dare you how dare you you're picking a fight now Palm Springs Palm Springs I said Palm Springs <laughs> put it down write it down all right, listen, here's what I'm going to do. This is unprecedented. I'm going to take the next category and give you not one. This has never been done on my MASH games before. I'm going to give you not one, but two vacation homes. So I have Bali, Bora Bora, and Bahamas for the first vacation home. And then you will get one of the next three for the next vacation home. Do you want that to be Big Sur, uh, Palm Springs, and Maui? All together? No, but, like, you'll you'll basically end up with two out of six, if that makes sense. So, right, so one, when I do the eeny, mini miny, mo, for one, you will have either a place in Bali, Bora Bora, or Bahamas. For the next one, you will have a place in either of these three. And so you did mention three. Do you want to stick with those three? You mentioned uh, Palm Springs, Big Sur, and Maui. Do you want those to be the next three?
1: Um i'm gonna say maui and big sur okay and then one more do you want palm springs oh yeah i do yeah thank you thank you so much i'm really excited about let me
0: take yeah let me take care of the math i don't want you to worry about that part
1: okay (laughs) next uh next category
0: three foods that in this alternate reality we are building we're building um everything has the same like nutritional value it's like nothing is too fatty nothing Mm. is bad for the environment nothing is too sugary Nothing. You're you're not allergic to anything. So three things that you would love to be able to have at the snap of your fingers, uh, as much as you want, with no ramifications.
1: Oh my god! How fun! Right? Red red velvet cake. Great. French fries. Yeah. And Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh. Be creams wonderful
0: use of the category okay <laughs> next one if this is mash we are going to give you a romantic partner three people it could be characters from movies books musicians uh cartoons uh real life the actor that played a character whatever you want from any era any age three romantic partners for this alternate universe
1: oh my god this is so exciting <laughs> that's the idea this. This is so fun. You're fun. Okay. <laughs> um what is the dude who writes all the movies? Um and he's Greta Gerwin's husband, Noah Bomback. Ba- ba- oh, Noah Bomback, great. Okay, so I I would like a guy like that because I love a creative genius, and I also would love to have a relationship like they have, where they collaborate creatively. Yes, I love it. And they're each other's muses. Yes, and, and yet he supports when she goes, you know, goes off and directs her own movies and writes her own stuff. So that is, I would, that's my dream. Great. So in that vein, I would say also John Cassavetes, who had the same yep. sitch, sitch with his uh, lady. Great. Um, and was also handsome. And then um, I would say, like a Nick Cave type, mm-hmm. who is a, a musical genius, um, someone who you could, you know, travel with to find exciting places um, for his shows or your shows or both of your shows, um, or who is a musical genius composer for films and you can also collaborate on your films. I could I love write it. and direct them and he does yeah. music and he's also super cute.
0: Yep. Fantastic. Very, very, very good choices. Uh, okay. Next to last category is three skills that you can wake up with tomorrow. Um, and you're just like, you've downloaded the matrix style. Like you suddenly know how to be amazing at three things.
1: Mm. Um, being in a great healthy, happy partnership relationship. Great. Um, Investing money.
0: Oh, smart.
1: So it just grows and grows and you don't have to do anything. Yep. Um, Except hit some buttons or whatever people do. (laughs) (laughs) On their, on their
0: home cash register that they have.
1: (laughs) And, um, Not caring what people think and also, well, I guess I'm already pretty good at that. How about, um, not just living in, in faith and knowing. Great.
0: Great, great. Well said and perfect for our times. Okay. Uh, and then final category, let's do, I feel you'll appreciate this, uh, category. Sometimes I, I. I'm wrong uh, about this particular one. I don't do it all the time. Um, I feel like I will be right on this one. Three styles from any era, any country, any gender. Three styles that it would be super fun to try out. Like, let's just assume everything is the same level of comfort. Everything, no matter what it looks like, is as comfortable as wearing, like, yoga pants. Um, and, and no one's going to look askance at you. Three styles, as extreme as you want, that you would love to be able to just rock, uh for a day whatever for as whenever you wanted you know it's like if all of a sudden you want to have a mohawk for a day the next day you go back you could have your regular hair so there's no like permanence to it oh you know what fun. i mean yeah. yeah
1: well you know what i just purchased a manic panic hot pink cotton candy
0: no nice. hair color yes i love pink and
1: hair you do i know i feel too. that i'm true
0: i feel my true hair color of my personality is pink like, and I, I, feel, I don't, yes. I, because when I have pink hair, I feel people treat me the way I feel they should treat me when I have blonde hair, which is to assume I'm like fun and like weird and have a sense of humor. And like, there's something very inviting about pink hair that, um, I want people to know I'm pink hair on the inside, even if I have to be, you know, not, not pink haired right now.
1: I love that. So you've actually tried...
0: Pink hair. I have. I've been once once I did it like a year about two two or three years ago now. Um now I'm like when when's the soonest I can turn my hair back to pink that it's not gonna like mess up like work stuff.
1: That's how I feel. I'm like, yeah. can I do it now or do I need to wait till December first?
0: Yeah. I mean um, I feel I, like you can do it now. I feel like there's never been yeah, a better time COVID. to feel like it's safe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I because I'm I I I'm thinking
0: about doing it, so I'll be we can be pink sisters, knowing that we both were fun. like how yes.
1: fun, how fun. I love it. Okay, good. I'm glad you're on board. So, pink hair. Great. Um. Uh, I love the '60s. Yeah. Mod. Cute, like all the the, the outfits in the second part of A Queen's Gambit were to die for. Oh my God! Uh, so to die for. So cute. Like, when she's walking in that chess park and her all whites. Oh, my gosh. The, yes. So great. Yeah. Um, I also, so I'd love to be, like, always that put together. Same. Um, pink hair. I think, like, if I really didn't care what anyone thought ever, I would just be living in, like, those free-flowing yoga, um, you know, like free flowing Bali esque yoga. Yep. Caf- what are they? Caftans? Caftans? Yeah, um, we could definitely
0: put you in a caftan. Kimono. Uh, yeah. yeah you yep, You
1: know that beach life, beach hair. Yeah. Just just writing a book. Whatever. Yeah. Great. Great.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Uh, give me a number between one and seven. Three okay while I am doing the math so that I tell you we which one thing from each of these categories you're going to get in your 100% guaranteed mash future uh why don't you tell people all the things they should be checking out of yours where they can find them and so forth
1: okay okay well um while Janet does her math (laughs) um mash math I will tell you guys. And my, by, by the way, I want to say this is a good sign. My throat hurts from laughing. So whenever I get around Aww. people and laugh so much, my throat hurts. And that's a positive thing. So. And,
0: and, and and me on my side, I'm like, my throat hurts from laughing. I have COVID. So, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay. So, so um, I have a new... Okay, so if you go to MelindaHill.com, you will find an array of, of juicy items. You can access my comedy special. It's called Inappropriate. And, um, and you, it's, it, it's a comedy special. It's an hour long. And there's also an album of the same name called Inappropriate. There's also an audible book of the same name. And you can get all of that at MelindaHill.com. Also, you can access my new podcast called let's process this where we talk about processing trauma overcoming obstacles and turning it into creative treasure and the creative process uh how how processing trauma affects um the creative process mm, i love it you gotta come do it i'd love I would to have you to do
0: it i would love to do it
1: um and then the final thing is i have a new movie coming out and it is called love weddings and other disasters and it's starring diane keaton and jeremy irons and that is coming out christmas eve 2020 oh, nice. on demand
0: awesome i can't wait to see it that's very exciting stuff now as Thank if you. your real life weren't uh, very exciting i want to <laughs> introduce you to this alternate universe mash life that has you with homes vacation homes in both palm springs and the bahamas i feel both of those places uh would invite not that it matters because like we created a universe where it doesn't matter because everyone thinks you're amazing anyway but two places where working like a Comfy, beautiful mumu kimono, caftan, like drop, wi- like drop crotch pants, just everything flowy <laughs> and yummy. Like those are places that you are gonna be so happy. You have those, like w- that wonderful, wonderful, comfortable, but yet somehow super sophisticated and and bohemian style. Um, so congrats on those. Uh, Thank you. It also feels right that you, along with these these um, things that you. God, that you are just able to sort of live in faith, know in and knowing, and just feeling like you're in the moment and you're grateful, and you are uh, are very present, if that makes sense. So congrats on that as well. Thank um, you. As if that weren't enough, you are sharing this life with your romantic partner and frequent collaborator, Nick Cave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you you have i hope that he's not too envious about this because this is this is a band that truly who wouldn't want to hear what their personalized album would sound like but Radiohead has interpreted Melinda Hill through their lens and you have this album called Melinda um, you also can jump into Patti Smith's book, Just Kids. So you still got, you got Patty. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You still got Patty because mm-hmm. you can jump into that book whenever you want and also mm-hmm. be in that world of New York City um, uh, from her, from her sort of uh, early days. And then you can do all of this fueled if you want entirely by Krispy Kreme donuts with zero (laughs) ramifications. I congratulate you on a very successful MASH outcome. I hope that you are as pleased with it as I am and that I could read my own handwriting.
1: I am, I could not be more pleased. Good. Thank you so much. You're
0: very, very welcome
1: uh thank you for and for thank you for doing
0: the podcast it was so great to have a reason to reconnect and um everyone should go check out all your wonderful stuff I can't wait to see the movie Uh, I can't wait to do your podcast I can't wait to actually I I, the book part I had forgotten about and um that is very enticing to me that uh I, I gotta get your book so um great stuff great stuff for everybody
1: Thank you, Janet. I'm really happy you didn't get that sketch show. (laughs) And and I
0: you. And I you.
1: Because you're thriving in these other areas. So you're Uh, you're you're just a delight. It was so fun to hang out with you.
0: Thank you, my dear. And everybody else listening, I will talk to you next time on
1: the podcast.
0: This show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi.
1: Hey, remember
0: when We could save kittens from trees Or lunch on skyscrapers Bring the villains to their knees Maybe we should